you know, the, the wedgie starts, he's scared. And then you get to that point, that threshold where it's like, hmm, not bad. You're listening to We Die First, a podcast for black horror fans by black horror fans. It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. Don't know the rest of the words because Sonique only knows a few and she's not even gonna try. It is Christmas. I am happy. Hi, Sweetie Squad. (laughs) (laughs) i'm i'm always impressed when people make up lyrics but uh syllabically they still fit you know the rhyme scheme doesn't matter it's like wow you fit you managed to pull off the same amount of syllables with completely different words which is a skill in and of itself thank you i'm actually really good at that i'm really bad at rhyming i'm really good at making sure that the the words i use will match the syllables perfectly but i don't know how to rhyme at all Do you ever have, I remember I was doing some improv thing and it was like a sex hotline and they're like, what's your number? And I go, five, 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 I go down. And then afterwards I counted it out and I'm like, oh yeah, that works. Yeah. That could be a phone number. Yeah. And it's so satisfying. Oh, Merry Christmas, Spooky Squad, should you observe the holiday. If not, happy winter time. Hi, Merry Christmas. When you get this, it will be... Oh my god, it just drops on Christmas Day. Yeah, that's yeah, I thought we we were going for that. <laughs> I Honestly, I have no sense of time. I knew that this would drop probably around Christmas or at least a day after. I did not realize it was dropping on the 25th. What? That's so exciting. Wow. I hope you guys, while you're listening to this, you're with your family and you're opening gifts. But just family that you stay in your house with, that you live with, don't. Go hanging out with family from out of town because we're still in a pandemic. Please. Yeah, you either... There's only opposite ends of the spectrum. We want a spooky squad family Christmas where you've been living in your parents' basement for the last 10 months and you're just par the course. Mm-hmm. Or you're all alone. and you're sit- But you're not alone because you're with us. Yeah, just pretend like and we're we with you. you. We do love you and I hope I hope you're okay. <laughs> yes, we hope you're alone, but by choice, and it's fine. Yeah. Yeah, also, Christmas is just another day. Let's be honest. It's fine. It's just a Friday. It Yeah, it's Friday. I hope you all are having some libations. Get drunk. Yes. Um, Andrew, how are you, how are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I'm, I'm good. I'm, I'm really excited for christmas because um alana saw these two she saw jedi fallen order and the last of us part two were just like not super cheap but cheap enough that Mm -hmm. she decided to get them but um i ordered them and then she's like, these are your christmas presents by the way i'm like oh cool (laughs) but then she wouldn't let me she won't let me play them until today which is christmas when you hear this so i've just been waiting (laughs) (laughs) like literally like a child waiting for christmas like ooh, can't wait to play (laughs) yeah (laughs) it's like i'm tired of playing star wars and getting my ass handed to me yeah i want to shoot some zombies 
How about you? How are you doing? I'm okay. Um, interesting day I had. Um, this morning, I um, farted myself awake at 3 a.m. <laughs> I saw several times on the internet. The video. Uh, Evan keeps a surveillance camera of your no. apartment, and I saw the video. No, there's no videos of me farting um, yet. I um, I farted myself awake at 3 a.m., and then I couldn't fall back asleep. And I was like, oh, shit. Now I'm like, uh, like I have that problem when I wake up in the middle of the night. It's why I usually like make sure I use the bathroom before I go to bed. Because like, if I get up in the middle of the night to go to the bathroom, I'm not going back to sleep. So I was just like, shit, I'm up now. So I was up for like an hour, or maybe like an hour and a half. And I was just like kind of, you know, feeling kind of bummed because I was tired and just like ugh, kind of worrying about um, some deadlines I have coming up for some like submissions for like writing stuff. And then I just suddenly had like a wave of inspiration for like a pilot that I've been like sitting on. I've been wanting to write it, but I haven't really been able to sit down and write it like that well. So I got up at like five and just like sat on my computer and just started writing. And I was I'm proud of myself today that I, I knocked out like six pages of my pilot, which listener doesn't sound like a lot, but for like a half hour comedy joint six pages is like a nice start it's like a nice little we're going like we're not in it yet where do you get i'm going where do you get this shit because as we've discussed we are both equally funny and both equally creative and i'm like i don't know i don't i'm not interesting i guess you're just we're both funny and equally creative but you're just more interesting oh no because you're just cranking out these things (laughs) no i think i just have like um I think I just, I'm, the one benefit of being an anxious person is that my brain is just always just, like, going, which is bad in a lot of ways. But in some ways, it's good, because I think, like, when I'm I'm really, really, like, worked up or really have something on my spirit, it inspires me to just, like, channel it into something. But yeah, I don't think I'm more unique or interesting. I think I just have mental illness. (laughs) You have anxiety? Huh? You have anxiety? Are you kidding? This is news to me. Are you kidding? Yeah, I'm fucking kidding. Yeah. I'm so kidding. <laughs> like you, like you know me. <laughs> can you not smell, oh, you know, can you not smell you, fear whenever you come near me? It's just like, I'm like a know, rodent. <laughs> what, what really hits home how anxious you are, um, are your tweets. Where can we find these tweets? <laughs> uh, oh, my sweet, sweet Andrew. Um, you can find me on um, Twitter at say underscore anything. That's S-E-Y underscore anything. Andrew, where can they where can they find your chill marimba, marimba, marimba vibes on Twitter? Uh, damn it. It was a good one. No, <laughs> Fucked it up. That was... I appreciate it. Um, for those who don't uh, don't know, we were talking about marimbas before this, mm-hmm. and so that was a cool little callback to our personal conversation. A marimba can, is like a xylophone. Those... It's not a hand piano. Just in case, I know you you thought it was the other thing. It's like a xylophone. Continue. Thank you. Yes, most people get those confused. Yes. Um, the <laughs> not, concert not instrument that you could not pick up. <laughs> And then the handheld thumb piano called the kalimba or the imbira. 
Yes. Anyway, <laughs> thanks for clearing that up, Sonique. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Andrew underscore on underscore drums. I'm going to just, for the rest of the night after we're done recording this, I'm going to just tweet out pictures of kalimbas and marimbas and just hope this is what's going to make me blow up. People just love that thumb piano content. You should just call yourself Andrew also, <laughs> underscore on underscore marimbas. <laughs> <laughs> it's just marimba content True. forever <laughs> you should also follow the podcast instagram twitter at we die first pod because we love you and we want to hear from you so much in fact that we posted this really super nice review from some random person that neither of us definitely know um <laughs> i say that because i honestly don't know i don't know but, i don't know who it is it was yeah yeah it was very it was very nice and very kind and we appreciate validation so keep it coming yeah though i suspect it's someone i know because they spelled my name right <laughs> mm. who could it be i don't know yeah <laughs> yeah i suspected someone i know because they said sneak and andrew that fucking son of a bitch from third grade <laughs> who did this shitty thing to me and i'm like oh who could that be? Like, ooh, walk down memory lane. <laughs> nostalgia. Um, speaking of nostalgia, um, we watched a horror classic from 1974 to close out Tis the Terror December. In case you were still wondering, what is the theme? I sang a whole fucking song, guys, in the very beginning. Duh, it's Christmas. <laughs> you dumb bitch. <laughs> <laughs> we know you were as confused like people are confused what is a marimba and then they were confused what the theme was and you successfully cleared up both mm, yes you're welcome and that all <laughs> <laughs> the days work <laughs> yeah uh we watched um black christmas oh which was originally titled silent night evil night which is different than the other I know. bullshit we watched <laughs> Um, from 1974, um, directed by Bob Clark and starring Olivia Hussey, Kira D'Elia, um, Margot Kidder, and John Saxon's pretty, like, actually, like, names in this movie. Um, did you ever have to watch that Franco Zeffirelli, like, Romeo and Juliet movie in high school? Not that I can remember. Yeah, no. If you're listening, someone listening has seen this. It's from, like, the 60s. She plays Juliet. And she's, like, naked in it, and it's really awkward because she's, like, 15. It's weird. 68. Different uh. time. Yeah, but um, Olivia Hussey is in that movie. And we also have Margot Kidder, who was in Superman in the 70s. She played Lois. So kind of cool that they have some, like, pretty awesome bitchin' actresses in this. Um, but basically the premise is about um, a, a sorority that's being stalked by – a killer that is leaving threatening phone calls around the Christmas season. Um, inspired by the urban legend, the babysitter and the man upstairs, it kind of kicked off unofficially, but officially the slasher genre in a lot of ways. It's, you know, kind of like the proto slasher movie that I don't know. How did you feel about it? I, I did think you say, I thought you said Frodo slasher movie. <laughs> and I did not know what you meant by that. Frodo slasher movie? Now I get it. 
mm. figuring out by context <laughs> the word you actually said. No. What did I think? <laughs> um, uh, there were no hobbits. There were no hobbits. So I don't agree with the Frodo. Yeah. Worryingly film, lack but... of, of of a hobbits in this movie. I thought it was um. I thought it was pretty good. I will say, so Spooky Squad, Sneak texted me literally as I hit play on this. Also, um, this is free on YouTube, the whole movie. Like, oh. Not just you searched for it and, you know, you find some illegal copy. Like, you know how you can rent things on YouTube? Mm-hmm. It's that, but it's free. Oh, so, nice. Yeah. So you, So for sure, if you haven't seen it and you're listening to this, go that route. Free is amazing. Oh, Shout cool. out to YouTube doing something decent. Yeah. But Sonic hmm. texted me and was like, "This I can't wait to talk about this. S- s- dope. And so I started with very high expectations and I was just like, okay, okay. But then as it went on, I was like, oh, I'm I'm vested. I mm-hmm. care. Yeah, it's a slow it's a slow <laughs> burn. If you're looking for like, I mean, like I said, it is like the proto like slasher movie. So if you're looking for like, Oh, kind of like a Friday the 13th type thing. Like, no, you're going to get a – it's pretty slow. It's more like a murder mystery, and there's, like, a lot more suspenseful. But I liked it. I've never seen this movie all the way through. I've seen, like, the beginning of it, but I never really finished it. And I was watching it today and was like, oh, this is, like, one – It's so I think it's so fun when you see a movie that is, like, the precursor to, like, a genre. So you can see all the elements that later show up. And, like, they kind of, you know, this movie kind of um, revolutionized it. But – um, it was also just a great to a good story. Like I was, I was hooked. I was into it. It's a good story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, pretty good story. Um, I guess we can like jump right in. Let's I said jump it. into it. Okay, fine. Let's jump into it. Um, no, what? What? <laughs> well, sorry, I've been. Bullied. I don't want to jump into this. I've been bullied. Unless you're ready. I've been bullied about the way I say that, <laughs> so I was trying to be mindful. But okay, like. Billy from third grade cussed your ass out for a reason. Um, So we start our movie with um, there's these uh, it's it's a sorority house, right? And there's an unseen man that is like kind of stalking this house. And there's a Christmas party that's happening. Um, You know, a bunch of young women in college, their friends, they're hanging out, they're drinking, they're smoking, they're having a grand old time. But this person is like hiding... Yeah, and it's a it's a very like a like I I I the set the scene is set pretty well. It's like yeah, these guys are just like you know they're just chilling. Like it's it's almost Christmas. Yeah, Terms this is, ending. This isn't the academic frat, you know. Like they they know how to hang. Yeah, this is like the good time. Like the good time girls. Like they're they're cute. You have Margot Kidder that plays Barb, who's just like getting fucking drunk and like cussing. Like she's like so like. That really rude girl. Like they're having, like they're fun girls. Yeah, very clearly. <laughs> <laughs> Barb is a good time. Um, uh, so while they're while they're having this party, they get a phone call, and um, it's like a it's a heavy breather initially. It's not too scary, but it's annoying. This scene kind of was funny because we have Jess, who's like our main character, played by Olivia Hussey. And I get that, like, she answers the phone and she's, like, shouting. And I get that they're trying to do this whole thing where, like, oh, they're at, she's at a party. She can't hear. But the sound of the background party isn't loud enough to justify it. So it's, yeah. Like, first, they're just, like, talking. And then she answers the phone. She's like, hello! Hello! And I'm like, why are you screaming, girl? Well, yeah. 
That is great. Not not to double back too far, but I just like because it's not like these things I'm about to say are so silly. It ruined the moment, but I really like because you know it's like the the thing of we're in first person the view of the creepy guy right and he's wheezing and like asthmatic and he climbs up into their attic and you're just and you're like how is he doing this yeah wheezing ed (laughs) but then um before we get the weird phone call and i just had to mention this is barb is in an argument with her mom and you just get and (laughs) it bleeds through the conversation and she goes you're a real gold-plated whore mother oh i did (laughs) not catch that a gold-plated so whore. I love that. Wow, Barb is wild. But right, but you're right. Uh, we get the weird phone call, and they call. You know, she calls everyone over to listen because this is an occurrence that happens frequently. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's just you know wheezy, and then it's like mul- like multiple voices, even though it's just him. Yes, this guy. And then starts, you know, like just being really obscene, like calling that, like well, not Barb specifically or Jess, but just like calling them cunts and just being really oh, very graphic, ridiculous. which I was surprised for like a very movie gra- in '74. I know like the '70s is when like things got grittier, but I was like surprised to be like, whoa, like the scene lasts pretty long right? of him just like tell him to do all kinds of shit and it's like but barb is like the good time gal and she's like she's insulting him and giving it back to him yeah like, i loved it i love that it wasn't they didn't do the thing where it's like <laughs> oh they're just all like shocked girls clutching their pearls right. it's like no this is the 70s ladies okay women's lib barb's like fuck you she's like in the phone like drunk well, yeah just him out. i was great. thinking could you imagine <laughs> if this was happening now because you know if the thing for me is because it was a repetitive action mm-hmm. that it's funny they hadn't called the cops yet in this story. Uh, for some reason, that just was interesting to me because if that happened to you now. But I don't think I would. I think a, a, what my my impression of the calls, right? So it happens. And this call in particular culminates eventually with this person. Like they're doing these weird voices. Like they're not just – it's like not their voice. They're doing like, like – like doing these weird fucking voices with the obscenities and then in a very normal voice it's like i'm gonna kill you and i feel like yeah, yeah if i got that call i would be like we're calling the cops because it's like a threat but like to be honest i'm thinking if i'm if i'm a you know a sorority girl i'm thinking like it's some jackass who's just like prank calling i wouldn't necessarily be like oh we need to call the cops like he's gonna hurt us i'm like oh it's like some dick like who's just being disgusting and like i wouldn't immediately think like i'm in danger i just think like oh god fucking men like you know i would almost see the way is getting like an unsolicited dick pic i'm just like ugh, disgusting block delete like it's not like i need to call anyone just like ugh, you're gross you know all right fair point yeah so i i, I think their reaction was justified but to your point they do get freaked out as soon as it's like okay like it's not just a funny guy or whatever. And um, there's a – but there is oh – God, poor, poor Claire. So there's a, a a student named Claire who's in the sorority and she's like younger. And she's like, guys, you know, like I – she's freaked out. She's like, I don't think this is just like a funny like thing. Like this is like really scary. And Barb is just like, oh, that one's a professional virgin. She's just like <laughs> – just like fucking lays into her yeah. like you she's fucking like loser. barb what the what the hell's wrong with you don't antagonize this person which is fair 
that ended the phone call with, I'm going to kill you. Yeah, reasonable. Claire is reasonable, but Barb is like, she's been like throwing back like fucking wild turkey all night. She's like, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> is this like someone in your life? She's been throwing back wild turkey all night and then also was a complete fucking asshole to me earlier. And- yeah. I mean, and it's clear from the other girls' reactions. They're like, Barb, like, Barb does this. Barb does this. Like, she gets drunk. She gets, like, she go- she's goes on one. Like, she's, <laughs> Barb don't give a fuck. So Claire, like, you know, she goes upstairs and she's, you know, starts packing her belongings because it's the end of the term. Everyone's going home for the holidays and she starts to get herself ready to, you know, to eventually go. And um, so this seems pretty iconic. Um, if you've never seen Black Christmas, you probably are familiar with the cellophane plastic dress bag thing where um, the intruder is basically stalking Claire because he's in – he's established he's in the house – She's going about her, her, her way, goes up to the attic. Oh, no, no, he's a girl. She can go to the attic. She stays down there. He takes her to the attic. But she's, you know, hears some rustling in her closet, goes to investigate, and boom, he jumps out with this dress bag and suffocates her with it. And for the rest of the movie, we just have this poor girl in the attic on, like, a rocking chair. And that fucking shot is so effective. Like, the terror on her face, like, with the sucked-in bag in her mouth. It's, like, it, you see, like, this person tried to fight for her life and is dead and is just sitting in this attic this whole fucking movie. Ah, so upsetting. Did I- I'm just, like, focusing on that uh, oh. that image now. I was fine for a minute, but then you, like, put it back in my head. It's, it's, it's a fucking effective. It's, they don't do, I think it's, it's so clever because I think later... I think what happened with the slasher genre, aside from, like, becoming less creative with the kills, I think, like, so many of the kills I feel like I've seen in horror movies now or after this point are just, like, throwaways. They just feel like, oh, we just need to kill someone. We kill them. And, like, this is so, I think, just effective and, like, she's just in her room and it's a, it's a very realistic death and just that looming terror of this person is just hidden away in this house and no one knows where she is because she they pretty quickly realize like okay claire is missing because her father comes looking for her he's supposed to pick her up can't find her and it's just like as the audience being aware of the fact that no she's she's dead but you're just kind of you know your search is kind of futile for her (sighs) uh (laughs) i also like who is what is the character it's like that I don't know, the old woman, older woman <laughs> that is always just stashing booze everywhere in the house. What is her name? Mrs. Mack. She's like the den mother, whatever. That's it, yeah. Yeah, she's getting drunk but, this whole movie. She's like Barb in like 30, 40 years. But we, um, a little bit after this, um, I've... We get, <laughs> we get fucking, we get Jess meeting Peter, oh, her God. boyfriend, and then, you know, who, and he's just this brooding concert pianist, and he's a concert dick, and <laughs> he, he, he's a concert man, penis. Been to, yeah, you know, like, I've been in music school for so long, and I've never called someone a concert dick, 
that's hilarious. How have I? I will missed opportunities anyway. But <laughs> Jess, <laughs> Jess reveals that she's pregnant, but she's gonna get the abortion. And I just thought this was a delightful scene in the sense of. <laughs> You know, it's as an outside watcher, you're like, this is ridiculous because he would just say things like, don't you ever think about anyone but yourself? <laughs> <laughs> and like in regard to not wanting to keep the baby and you're just like, man, oh, OK. It's like I'm literally in college like Peter, this has been fun, but like we're not going to be together forever. Like, well, Jess knows. She's like, come on. Like, because when she tells him, like, I'm pregnant, he's like, oh, yeah, like, we'll have a baby. I'm like, no. <laughs> like, dude, what? It's yeah. 1974. I do not have to have a baby. <laughs> yeah, that was uh, a nice little thing, like, part of the s- storyline, which eventually, like, you know, it was a vehicle just to help the Peter character look angry <laughs> and jealous and unhinged uh yeah and be our potential killer but yeah yeah but i think i think it it works too and i could be reading into this too much i think it's interesting it's interesting because this movie is from 74 and a lot of like the i think the horror tropes from slasher movies almost like devolve female characters so they do kind of just become like like an excuse to see boobs or like they're just the you know victims of violence and i think it's almost interesting seeing like this almost like feminist kind of spin of the slasher genre but before i think anyone realized you could do that because it kind of is like all the girls that are portrayed are like they're all individuals they all have wants they all are, are very much like pretty fully thought out characters and I think the addition of the abortion storyline is interesting. I think it's like it kind of timestamps it because it is like, I mean, abortion is still very controversial. But I think it timestamps it of like, yeah, young woman is kind of taking agency over her life. And in a lot of ways, like a bunch of young women in college living in a sorority house is kind of like emblematic of that. Of like, you know, they're young women who are getting educations and will you know, ideally, unfortunately, it doesn't happen for many of them, be able to embark on these, like, independent lives outside of what was expected. I think it's, like, an interesting, like, I think a great way, a great vehicle to get Peter to be a piece of shit, but also kind of, like, an interesting, like, commentary of, like, not really criticism of, like, women being out in the world on their own, but just kind of, like, reflecting the reality of it and that, like, there are dangers, but... I don't feel like these these women are at fault for it. And I think later on in a lot of horror movies and where they kind of they kind of miss out is that they almost start to like punish women for being independent and not conforming, you know, because let's not forget Claire does die. Claire is probably a virgin and she dies, too. So if you do appreciate everything that Sunit just said she is actually teaching a crossover course on horror film and feminist theory at U Chicago over their <laughs> winter term so use code spooky squad <laughs> to get 50% off tuition shut up I'm sorry I went on a bit of a tangent there but I, I don't know I think it's an interesting um, it's interesting to see that and interesting that the final girl is a girl the girl who gets an abortion like <laughs> You know, um, but yeah, no, they're like, we're going to discuss this later. Peter's like, I have a performance. Like, I need to I need to prep. But like, he's just being a fucking diva. <laughs> <hate> yeah. 
<laughs> well, it's after it's after that they go they go to the cops pretty quickly. Yes, you know it's like because I feel I mean that good on them, right? Yeah, but you know I feel a a lot of people you know do the mixed thinking of I'm going to exhaust all of my options. And I know that there's no, like, you can't do the missing person unless it's been 24 hours, right? Or something like that. Yeah. Uh So I'm shocked that, well, the dad, you know, because he was waiting for Claire and she was only a half an hour late and he Mm -hmm. was very concerned. And they just immediately, like, we need to go to the cops. Well, after he takes a tour of the sorority house and sees that there's, alcohol and posters of naked hippies lewd activities <laughs> yeah naked hippies <laughs> he's not pleased but yeah i like that the, i agree i like that they went to the cops immediately it like it it made i think it's what makes like the emotional heart of this movie work so much better because like people care about people so like she goes missing like he has she's a father who's like my daughter's missing the other girls are like Concerned that like this is not Claire. Claire wouldn't just right. disappear. She like she's not like I guess not like Barb because if Barb would miss it, if, like yeah, that bitch is like getting fucking Barb late is... somewhere. She's fine. <laughs> yeah, Barb is the most I think realistic character. Not realistic in life, but to how we see people acting in horror movies later is they're just they care, but they're just so aloof. Like oh, she's missing. I'm gonna go fuck yeah <laughs> and it's i'll see you so at, weird see you tonight <laughs> it's like this is your friend and you're just like yeah i know she doesn't do this usually but i'm sure she's fine it's like no <laughs> she's dead uh but yeah they go to right. they go to the police and um barb is still drunk this scene is kind of funny because they're talking about like the phone number and she gives um the cop a number and she's like fellatio 8110 or something yeah. and he's just like she's like <laughs> spells it for him he's just totally not getting <laughs> right. which pays off in the end when the other cop sees the number yeah. and cracks up and he's like you fucking idiot like <laughs> yeah that was amazing pretty great um yeah but so like they you know they do that and I'm like okay cool but they also learn when they go to the police that another local girl has gone missing too so like there's yeah. some there's something going on this is not an isolated incident maybe um, when they is this when they get? What, does anything happen between that and when they get back to the house? I know there's like another scene of Mrs. Well, Mac like hiding booze in like the toilet or something. Yeah, and she uses it like as mouthwash, but then yeah. just you know drinks she just it. Drinks it. Well, well, is that the scene too? Where, um, is that where the lieutenant comes in? Or is it no? It's later because a little later. Because um, one of the girls goes to talk to Claire's like boyfriend or fling or whatever, who was playing hockey or something, right. and tells him mm-hmm. that it's like, yo, she's missing. And, you know, that's who everyone thought she would be with. And then he goes to the cops and then he talks to the lieutenant. And because, you know, the, the f- stupid fellatio cop. <laughs> Doesn't know what the hell's going on. But then the lieutenant's (laughs) like, you didn't, it's like, we have this debt, this missing girl, and then they come with this missing case, and you don't think to fucking investigate it? Yeah, he's, he's truly like, 
dropping the ball. But like also, yeah, some cops are just, I mean, a lot of cops are shitty. But in, in this particular yeah. situation, like, yeah, he just doesn't fucking know what he's doing. Um, oh, there's a, oh, there's an awesome scene actually when after they've done the whole thing where they've reported, and I like this, they go back to the house and Mr. Harrison's there and Barb is like, has been, it's been drinking all day. She's like fucking... She's, She's flammable hammered. at this point. Like, do you not light a match near Barb? She'll go yeah. up in flames. And she's like drunk. And I liked that they did this. So I think that lesser writers would just be like, oh, Barb's just like the wild one. So she's just drinking because she likes to drink. But we get to understand why she's drinking so much where she's like, no, you guys, she feels guilty. She's like, I'm the one who like was mean to her. She left. So we don't know where she is. I feel like, you know, you guys all think that I'm to blame. She's probably dead, and yeah. no one's saying it. But I know, I know you all think this because really, she's thinking it, and it's her own guilt of why she's and behaving like, this way and acting out. Like you were saying, it really pushed like her character development. Like you were saying, she wasn't she like she, you know she probably feels guilty, but it's more of she would like exactly projecting her like guilt onto them. Mm-hmm. But it just really helped, really hit it home that she's like that party piece of shit girl but obviously still cares yeah you know understands the gravity of the situation but still can't can't let on that she's like this considerate individual it's like i still have to kind of be the asshole yeah i love that because again like this character is not new and like shows up in horror movies all the time whether male or female but it's always just like oh they're just a dick and they just like to party and they just don't care. That's it. And I'm like, people don't behave. Like some people do, but for the most part, if if this is a group of friends, right? Presumably. And in any other movie, it's like, oh, we're in the cabin in the woods and someone goes missing and I'm getting drunk. They care about their friends. Like, because it's like you watch these other movies and it's like, how are you guys friends if this person is like this? Like, no one would be friends with them. Like it's right. realistic that Barb is like, she's a fun time. She can be really aggro sometimes, but she She's also like a good person. Like she cares too. And I think it makes it just makes it more interesting. And it makes it like I think makes everything so much smookier because as you've already established, it's almost like when you make characters people care about, you care what bad things happen to them. I know. know. Weird. Like, yeah. Cause you know, and like just to that point again, realistically, and you kind of touched on this before talking about just like having movies with a ton of kills in them you can have a string of kills and if i don't give a shit about you know it's like if they just go into like mm-hmm. a mall and annihilate people you're like i don't know who those people are like that's unfortunate in that universe but i don't care and this movie has like three or four kills i mean a couple more but you know like mm-hmm. each one's impactful yeah there's consequences like this next one we come yes. up on yes <laughs> Yes, absolutely. Um, because um, when is Mrs. this? Am I? Sorry, give me a second. Mrs. Den mother. Is this when she dies? Have they found the yeah. other girl's body yet? No. Uh, the one, the little girl that's missing that's not Claire. Oh yeah, they haven't. Oh right. Okay. Yeah, you go ahead. No. Sorry. Yeah, um, well, I mean, they just, Mrs. Denmother, whatever her name was, uh, she is leaving to go to her, like, her mother or something, some family. Yeah, her Christmas stuff. She's about to leave, 
But then so, and that was the thing that got Claire, right, is she was looking for her cat. And then, um, <laughs> which was like just another interesting thing. Like as she kept walking towards the closet, she kept going like, who are you? And I'm like, that, that's your cat. That's the cat. Like, who are you? What do you fucking say? And, but, you know, then... And then, you know, and we do get a scene of this cat licking Claire, like, you know, dead Claire with the bag over her head, oh, yeah. licking the bag um, in the rocking chair. You know, the cats attic. love but to then, just eat your dead eyes. So... Oh, the cat's hungry. Geez. But... <laughs> So then she's about to leave, but then here's this cat, which this cat just roams. So for some reason, she's really concerned, though, that she can hear it. Yeah. And she goes and she sees that the attic's open and she's climbing it going. And in my head, I say, a cat couldn't get up there. I mean, you know, like it would be taxing for the cat to get up there. Yeah, because it's a ladder. It's not like like steps or anything. It's like a ladder. (laughs) And then she goes... How'd you even get up here? <laughs> and then she's and then she's looking around. When we get the shot of and you know, it's we never see this thing. We just see like his shadowy figure and then maybe an eye in like mm-hmm. the light going through a crack in a door. And he's holding like some weird chain hook thing. <laughs> yeah, this part was stupid. She, I was like, what what is that? Like yeah. what is this weird like why do you have a construction hook lever thing in your attic? Like, come on. Right. Yeah, and she could have, like, part of her dress got snagged on something, and she could have just gone down, and she would have lived, but then she sees Claire, (laughs) and she doesn't scream, she's like, you know, does the thing of mouth agape going like, (laughs) and then turns around to just see the guy chuck the hook thing at her, and then it presumably perfect aim hooks her in the mouth and he pulls her up and i'm just like sis and i'm sorry if i saw someone like with a hook they're gonna throw at me i'm like just jump down like don't even bother about climbing down i would just let go of the the ladder and let gravity take care of it like Like, he he was far he was far enough away there's no way you couldn't have dodged that Yeah, but yeah, like, Mrs. Sure. You would have fallen down da- you would have fallen down and broke your legs, but at least you wouldn't got a hook in the face. But you know, Mrs. Mack that's is another drunk, thing too. So like her, he's he- her, her like um her reaction Did time you- is really slow. That's true. She is hammered. She is she is barb level hammered also. Not barb mm-hmm. level hammered, but pretty she's drunk. close. Yeah, she's slush. Do you do you think about that halfway through the movie? Where you're like, oh, this guy managed to murder somebody, Claire, and then carry her up into the attic and not make enough noise that anyone heard him. I didn't it's even impressive. think about That's that. That's all I'm, I'm saying. Like, that is impressive. Yeah, I feel like they that could have been solved if they just had stairs instead of the, the ladder. Because it's like, how did you get that body up of like a ladder? <laughs> That's hard. And no one heard you? Like grunting like, Ugh, uh, like, yeah, like and you clearly grunt. have we we heard you wheezing just walking on level ground like There's he has no asthma. way you weren't hacking up a lung well he we does, see barb has know? asthma too like you know he like goes in her room and like takes a hit from her inhaler sometimes he's like, yeah. like, he's like i forgot my inhaler just like hits it real quick goes back to the attic um <laughs> um yeah so mrs matt gets killed 
But uh, meanwhile, they're in the park and they've been like, you know, they're launching this whole um, search. But they unfortunately, this part was really sad. They, The girl that went missing, they find her disfigured body out in the park. And the girl's mother is there. So again, consequences. People are dying and there are people who care about them dying. <laughs> like That's pretty imperative. That weird thing. That weird that thing where like, yeah. people are connected and have relationships. <laughs> Can I... Can I say a random aside? Sure. Just thinking about people dying and being connected. Um, so I was in Madison this last weekend, and we uh, we were just walking around, and then we walked by this Panera, and Alana goes, do you remember when we were eating here, and we overheard some conversation? Not over... They were fucking, like, yelling, mm-hmm. basically. And this guy goes, you know when you can overhear someone and you can tell they think they're saying the most profound thing in the world? Uh This is, you could tell that's what this person thought. And what he fucking said was, you know, I've, I've come to discover that people, for example, will go to a wedding and be happy. But if you go to a funeral, they are sad. And. (laughs) (laughs) No, he didn't. No, I swear to God. I swear to God, man. And I. (laughs) <laughs> i audibly lost it like there was there's was no hiding that he because he said that and i instantly burst out laughing and it's not like i was it's not like he was screaming it and i was across the restaurant i was maybe two tables over was he like um was he with like a woman like a date or yeah. something so he thought he's probably being i don't like, know probably thought he's being like super profound yeah, man, it was a trip. But That's funny. you could tell um, he would have he would have trouble writing a horror script because he would struggle to realize that to care about people when they die, there has to be some connection, some backstory. Yeah, there has to be other people. Why? It's like it's almost like why do you think like we like we would never watch a movie where just like someone dies, but it's just them and there's no one else in the movie. Like even movies That's where there's one. That's a snuff film. Yeah. That's just a snuff film. Like, even when we watch movies where, like, someone is in danger and it's mostly them, like, we establish that they have a family. Like, you watch, like, Castaway. Like, you establish, like, oh, like, there's a woman, like, someone waiting for him. Like, there's people that care about this person. Otherwise, just, like, people just exist in isolation. It's so weird that people, a lot of writers do not recognize that. <laughs> like, it's basic. It's so simple. Yeah, I I'm glad you appreciated that. No, that's all that's right, hilarious. To the- that's, that's fucking hilarious. I'm gonna get that tattooed on my back. <laughs> that whole thing with awkward pauses and all. No, I'm I'm only at the whole scene drawn out. It's gonna be that that quote, and then I I have a good idea what that guy looked like. I'm gonna have him standing and proclaiming it, and then Andrew like sitting with Alana, and he's just like cracking up, and Alana's like just covering her face, like embarrassed, like ugh. These men. I thought you meant you wanted you wanted like the script, like interior Panera bread. No, literally, I want to do like a, a tableau on my back of this. Scene. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, in Madison, where we set our scene. Okay. Um, so. In Fair Madison, where we lay our head. Um. <laughs> um. So yeah, this girl is dead, and it's sad. Um. Another phone call comes in, and it's these these phone calls are also so disturbing because it sounds like multiple people, but I think it's just him. I think we're just having like a psycho moment where it's just him like doing different voices. Right. Billy, Billy, God, I'm, I'm, I'm. he's like doing different voices to himself. Yeah, because and you distinctly hear different names. Like Agnes is one of the names, yeah. and then Billy. It's like like what's her story? Agnes, Billy. Yeah, like uh, 
I also I was really like confused for a minute because I was thinking like were these people alive long enough for him to like but obviously not because mm. when we see uh, like the only two people that are dead in the attic are like they're dead there's no way they're making voices so it's like you said it's just him yeah the, it's literally he, just like one man show Norman Bates like one show one man show is doing it all by himself <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah yeah uh, this guy this guy finished the improv track at second city and a little bit of the annoyance his character work is on point character work also did some of that voiceover class too like he's like he's yeah he's next level he's studying i can't i can't wait to see how his auditions for snl go they're gonna be great (laughs) (laughs) i almost said sharna where is she okay I just think of that old lady as I'm laughing at. <laughs> uh, okay. So I know. As if I didn't if I didn't meet him her like tomorrow I wouldn't like be kissing her boots. Like, come on. Um <laughs> So I would totally like fucking suck up to her. Um yeah, so uh, phone call happens and then also uh Peter comes back and he surprises her and he's trying to like get her like, let's get married, like you're pregnant, don't have an abortion, let's get married. I think I, you know what? You know what? You know what? I know you have an unwanted pregnancy, but I think I think if if we add put me in the mix and we get married, I think things will be better. Like, and she's like, and you know, he's no. like, <laughs> yeah, and he's he's doing a terrible job of sweetening the deal because <laughs> if any, hey, she goes, I, I and I really liked her response. It's like, let's get married. It's like, do you remember when we first got together, and you told me. You've been wanting, like, you wanted nothing more than to be a concert pianist, and I told you my dreams. Well, I still have those dreams, and I can't give up on them and change my plans just because you've changed yours. And I'm like, damn, right? And also, because it was just a little thing where he goes... y'all. They were doing that. <laughs> she was like, listen, honey, like, I have plans, and a baby's not part of that plan. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> and yeah. neither are you. I also like to use- <laughs> He's like, I've been you know, at this conservatory. I've been working so hard for eight years. I'm tired of waiting in line to take a bath. I was like, eight years. Okay, so you're in grad school and you're still living in the dorms? <laughs> like, what the fuck, man? But you're like, let's like, get married. This you have is no not money. who you want. And also, no offense yeah, to you, Andrew, like- but you're like, you're studying music. Like, I'm sorry. Like, you're, you're going you're gonna to support us now? <laughs> With your music? Well, not only that, like, if you know, he's he's not in school to become a teacher. He wants to be a performer. Yeah, he wants and to be the guy. If you, if you can't even make, if you can't even make it as a student performer, like, there's no way you can perform. <laughs> you can't provide for us as a yeah. hack pianist. That baby will never have shoes. Like, <laughs> like you cannot do this. So she's like, yeah, no, like, um, I'm gonna have an abortion, like, uh, appointment made, gonna do it, and I'm like, yeah, love she, it, love she, she, I will drive you. She I'm did so- try to like, she, she tried to like, you know, let him down easy by abbreviating having abort, having she, a borscht, Sorry. Yeah. And then he was confused because she thought she was going to get some like Russian beets too. And she's like, no, I'm not hungry. That was a dumb. <laughs> she's like, oh, God, I didn't say borscht, you piece of shit. <laughs> Like I don't, she's like I, listen, at the end of the day, Jess is like I don't know what you're doing, but I know what I'm doing, and I love that she she. There's never a point in the story where she's like 
questioning it. She's like, no, I'm I'm having abortion. Like, that's just it. You have to just – either you're on board or you're not, but it's happening, which is great. But he's pissed because he's a man. And he's like, oh, oh, I should have a saint. And he leaves. Angrily plays piano probably at home. Um, and this is also when we find out, okay, they're going to start bugging the telephone line to like f- to track down. I love I love a good phone bugging moment in a movie, especially like from back in the day because it's so like literally we have to like it's so plug in lines and shit. It's like so intense. I know <laughs> it is. It was ridiculous. It's like uh, and also because you know the, it's always like we need you to keep them on the line long enough to tra- yeah. trace it. But with this, it's like this is an actual machine. That I have to run around and check. So you need to be on the phone for an hour because I'm very slow. I'm very I'm slow, and it's it's a big computer that fills a whole room. And I have to run around and do yeah. Shit, so. <laughs> we it's also great. get the nice little scene when they uh, bef- right before they show up to bug the place, and <laughs> um, this is when we get the lieutenant and the other like sh- like cop losing their shit at the one cop that wrote down fellatio as their phone number (laughs) (laughs) so because you know it was like like there's a little relief but you know like little just really pockets but this was like a bit it was small but the quality of comedic relief it was really good it's just serious serious and then all of a sudden the one cop just fucking loses it (laughs) (laughs) laughing his ass off he's just like you you don't know how to do your job, do you? It's <laughs> that, that lieutenant was not having it. I loved it, and then they're like cracking up, and he's he's un- he does not get the joke. He's just standing there, and he's like, he finally realizes he's like, it's something dirty, ain't it? And they just like lose it again because he's like so fucking slow. <laughs> oh, he should be fired. Um, so, <laughs> uh, ooh, so Barb has been asleep in bed, and um. She wakes up because she has asthma. So we find out she has asthma. She has like an asthma attack. Jess comes in. She's like, I had a bad dream that someone was in my room. But Jess like kind of sues her. And she's like, you know, you're good. You're, like, you're fine. Gives her her inhaler. And they get another phone call. And this time, um, they, they kind of like parrot back the conversation she had with Peter. So, you know, yeah, red hair. Like, that oh, was a good. It, that was. A- it, it, yeah, it was good. It was good. I think especially because they're doing the call tracing still. And like they're like, what? It, what does he say about abortion? But like he's, it's, he alludes to it, and like the lieutenant's like, what did he mean by that? And she's like, uh, I don't know, just like something, I don't know. <laughs> it gets very cagey right. about it. But then, uh, but Peter calls right after that, right? Mm-hmm. And that's when you know it's like he's he's the mad boyfriend because he won't be a, a a dad, an unemployed father, and. <laughs> And that's what sets up, you know, the, the potential motive, even though, you know, um, no, we'll get to that later. But yeah, it sets up that motive. Mm-hmm. And I do like because we will hit the bigger like the main ones. But I like from here to the end, like every time it's like, Jess, you have to keep them on the line longer. You have. And then, you know, indicating you have to do something. But every time, like, the creep calls, she just stands there listening and doesn't try anything different. No. She's like, maybe if I... Maybe if I, like, stay in more silence, he'll stay on longer. 
<laughs> no, she just stands there with wide-eyed weird. silence. Or if it's not that, it's like, what? Who are you? What are you doing? Yeah. What? Huh? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just very... Pippity-poppity-boo. Huh? Huh? Yeah, just... What are you talking about? Please stop it. <laughs> it's so funny. <laughs> Olivia Hussey's accent is hilarious to me. I don't know why, but she just like... Sounds... She sounds like an old lady, but she's like not old. <laughs> it's like really weird. Right, yeah. Something weird about the way she talks, it sounds like... I don't know, like Gillian Anderson doing Margaret Thatcher. It's just like weird <laughs> to hear from like a really like young, attractive woman. But oh, okay. Bar- so Barb gets murdered by the killer. This scene was, you know, I know that the the cellophane attic murder tends to be the one that like is the most iconic from this movie. But I thought this was really interesting when like the killer goes to Barb's Barb's room and kills her with a glass figurine, but it has this like dreamlike quality. So you have a lot of like the reflection off of like like these holiday baubles. It's There's like, like kale rollers yeah. outside. It's very like it's really it's really interesting to look at. I liked it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was really, and a lot of these like you see the after thing. And like a little stuff, but yeah, you never. It's like you don't see any of the like the gouging. You just see like the red reflected through all of her other various glass animals, mm-hmm. which is also why you shouldn't collect glass animals because they will be used to murder you. Also shocked that like someone like Barb would be like would have that. It's so lame, you know. Yeah, that's the, that's the thing. You know, you have to look the hard ass when you're actually like a teddy bear collector yeah she has like all these like cutesy little like um like laura ashley like things in her room like (laughs) why do you have these glass figurines (laughs) (laughs) like you know like if anything she'd be murdered by like a glass bong or something like you know barb's just ribbing one in her room all the time um (laughs) i do like after um so after this happens we get another call and this is like the important call but i it was really interesting. So something I had thought throughout this entire movie is because realistically he's doing his his voice thing. And, you know, it's really hard with the sound engineering of the movie to tell what they're going for. But it sounds like he's fucking screaming into the phone, you know? Mm-hmm. And I always thought how if if he's screaming, how do you not hear that coming from the house, you know, which Good he's point. clearly in? And then so I'm like, like this guy's full on pig squealing that you have to hear that echo, even if it's slightly muffled and you'd be yeah. like, oh, wow. I mean, but it's a big house, but I it's not that big. <laughs> right. And I was thrown in this, this particular call from the creeper and because she keeps kind of looking upstairs and I'm like, can you hear? But then that's when like, um, the cops are out like investigating some other lead and then they're like, oh, shit, like the call tracing person's on the phone or like and they're on the radio. The lieutenant's like, hey, what's going on? And he said, the call's coming from this address. And he's like, no, that's the address that it's calling. Oh, it's coming. It's coming and calling from the house. And then I'm like, so that's huge, right? This is like the, the thing. That's the big and moment. He, yeah. He calls the he can't get to the a phone, right? He calls. I mean, he radios the station and is like, OK stupid cop you need to call jess and you need to keep her calm but she needs to get out of the house the calls are coming from the house 
get you know like and then i love this because he's just saying he calls and i don't even know if he addresses himself as this officer he just he's like all right i need you to put the phone down and walk outside okay well i'm gonna go get and then he just starts screaming don't go upstairs the killer's in the house the calls are coming from inside the house i'm like you could not have handled that worse i mean but um I, I mean, yeah, she's ready to go upstairs. <laughs> He's like, listen, I can't yeah. throw pretense out the window. Like, <laughs> bitch, yeah, you're going to die. It was great, right? Yeah. Yeah, it was, police officer, get the fuck out of the house. Jess, I'm going to grab this fireplace poker and go upstairs. But, but in in Jess's defense, it makes sense. It's, it's one of those few times where I think in any other movie, once again, she would have been stupid. But it's like, remember, she doesn't know that Barb and Phyllis have died. So as far as she knows, her friends are upstairs. I could see, like, if I lived in a house with, like, my friends, and it was, like, their killer is inside. Like, because at first she's standing downstairs, and she, like, grabs a poker, and she's scared. But she's, like, she's, like, do I go upstairs? But, like, they're upstairs, potentially. Like, should I go get them? So she's doing her, like, we're, like, hello, we have to leave. Hello. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, she's Horse she's screaming voice. for a solid, yeah. Bob! Bob! Bob, come downstairs! Bob, Phil, where are you? Come downstairs! <laughs> Marco Polo, where are you? Just <laughs> screaming. And then, but... Yeah. I do like that... This is like a nice... Like, she... The door is locked because she's going to check on Barb, <laughs> which should be a nice, good, scary sign. And, you know, she breaks it down. And sees them dead. But then she falls. You know, she recoils. She's fucking distraught. But then you get the shot of the killers, just his eye through the crack. And he's just like, don't tell them what we did, Billy. (laughs) And I'm like, and then she just like, I think his fingers must have been in the door or something. Because she slams it and he's like wailing like a banshee. And you're just like, what? What the literal fuck is happening? Because then she runs downstairs, and now she can't open the front door. <laughs> <laughs> like how convenient! It was she cannot open the yeah. front door. Yeah, um, but she's being she's being chased by the killer, and she locks herself downstairs in the basement. But um, Peter shows up and smashes the window and gets in. But we 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 f- don't know what's happening. We just we just know he gets there, and then we're back with the police. And they hear her out, you know, they're outside, they hear her screaming. And when they get in, like, Peter's body is next to her, bloodied, beaten, and she's, like, passed out next to him. So, safe to assume that, um, Jazz killed him. I mean, thought he was Do you also like how (laughs) he just wanted to, he wanted to check up on her, Mm -hmm. but he kicked in the basement window, and he's just, like, trying to act all nonchalant. He's like, oh, why didn't you? Why didn't you call out to me when I called? I heard screaming. Are you okay? And I'm like, <laughs> what? It's like, no, well, you know, I thought Peter... I was being terrorized. And then you broke into our basement. Yeah, you know, I'm not I'm not fine. You know, Peter, like, is a performer. He loves the flair. He's a flair for the dramatic. So, likes to make that entrance. Anyway, he yeah, can. Yeah, he, he did. He landed with a flourish. And was like, Jess! Aha! I'm here! <laughs> 
<laughs> here to save you and my unborn baby. <laughs> yes. Um, so they, the cops end up putting her, putting Jess upstairs in her bed, and they, don't, they still don't know Claire, Miss, and and Mrs. Uh, the the den mother lady are upstairs in the attic. Um, so they're like, okay, we'll leave Jess like here. Do you like the doctor? Huh. I was like, do you like that the doctor is like, all right, she won't be awake for like four hours. I'll stay with her till then. Immediately leaves Immediately her. walks out. <laughs> <laughs> like, walks out. It's like, you're going to want to make sure someone stays with her. I'm out. I mean, this is only a few years after them, like, I don't know, putting women away for hysteria. So it's just kind of like, eh, she's fine. Like, <laughs> she's knocked out. It's okay. I'm going to go have a smoke outside. Um <laughs> oh yeah and also mr the mr harrison or whatever claire's dad is there too so but he's like in shock someplace else so like they're tending to him and trying to get the you know paramedic and everything so she's in the bed and we start to hear noises coming from the attic some wheezing and, and I love this scene. They kind of just track us through the house. So we see where Barb and Phyllis were killed. We see Claire's room. We like kind of just, it's just like, it, at first it almost felt like, oh, is that the killer walking? It's like, no, it's just the cameras panning and showing us like just the house. Right. But you hear the breathing and like from upstairs and it's like singing and it's in the attic and we, we pull out to outside. We can still see Claire's body in the window and we hear a phone ringing again. Which I thought was super effective, super cool, but so also I couldn't help but I'm like, yo, dead, like vacuum sealed Claire, <laughs> her face is in the window and there's a flickering light. How has no one been like, no oh, that seems a tad bit fucking odd. Also, how's no one just checked the attic? I, I would think like... With an investigation, because as far as you're concerned, you have a you no, know, not as far as you're concerned, you have a literal crime scene, which means that like when someone's murdered in a house, the whole house is a crime scene. Like you investigate the entire thing for shit. So it's All like right. you, you don't just look for oh well, the body oh well, it looks like the body was found in the bedroom, so we're gonna look in the bedroom. It's like no, look everywhere in the house. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, and yeah. Granted, Jess was in the basement, but if you're gonna look in the basement, why not the fucking attic? It, yeah, because we not found like bodies in other attic. places. The, it's like, yeah, go to the attic too. <laughs> yeah, like the stairs were down, the like floor cover was removed. It was obvious that it should have been checked out. Yeah, because that guy's got asthma. He's not gonna be able to move two bodies out of there in time. No, of course not. Of course not. He moves slow. Okay. He didn't do very well at the presidential fitness thing in school. Okay, he's not climbing that 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 uh that ladder like a rope. Like he's, he's having some trouble. You should be able to hear him. Um, yeah, but that's how the movie ends, and it's left totally up in the air. Like I don't know. Are there? Um, I know there was a remake, but there's no like sequel, right? Um, I don't think there's a sequel i think there's a couple remake oh well the film is the first in the black christmas series so let's take a look it looks like oh no so they they said they said series it's not like a series i hate that no these are just remakes these aren't series it implies that there's like another a follow-up to this no there is a black so they made two remakes they remade it twice they made remade it in 2006 and then in 2019 
and both were not well received for obvious reasons. I feel like it's this movie is pretty solid, like you know. Yeah, huh? I wouldn't be surprised if they remake it again. Like this, this seems like one of those that they're like, oh, we'll give it another shot in a couple of years. It's like no, mm. let it go. You know, I mean, if they were going to remake it, maybe have like a different angle on it. Like, what if Black Christmas were a black movie? That was that was not bad. Not bad. That was not bad. I mean, first of all, it would still be called Black Christmas. I like that. We had two black <laughs> students in in Black Christmas that passed by Claire's dad. So that was the most black part of that movie. Oh, I didn't even see them. Um, mm. Wow. Mm. Shame on me. It's my, uh, I don't know. I don't know what I was going to say. Mm. But how would this movie change for you? How would this movie change? I think that, I think that the initial tension between Barb and Claire wouldn't exist. Like, I don't, I don't see, um, if I know anything about like black sororities too. I don't I don't see like there being a Barb type who would just antagonize like someone like Claire for being a virgin too. I think like not to say like white women just like get around or anything. But I don't, it's not something I ever encountered with female black female relationships of like in the same ways I think like, a lot of white friends I have who like might have felt pressured by their friends of like oh if you were like a virgin they would like tease you for it. But like I didn't I never experienced that. So I think that would be different. Um so that initial catalyst of Claire going missing, I don't know if it would be necessarily because anyone antagonized her. It might have just been, you know, unf- I was going to say similar things. If 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 I know black female sorority relationships as well as I do, um, I would have to completely agree with all of that. This is, again, me just saying things because I have no idea what those relationships are like. You might be shocked that there weren't too many black sororities in Wisconsin. <laughs> Yeah, it's okay. You can have opinions. Um, I was thinking, because, you know, like, again, the trend, the theme is with a lot of these is the the less rational thinking, mm-hmm. the less it, or the more obvious. So you're like, these are the obvious things that would be different in a black movie. Everyone was doing pretty much what they needed to do, mm-hmm. you know? Like you were saying, it's just because we know how the characters are and how they relate, at least within the context of this movie universe and their roles, um, we can comment on how those would change, but it's not like the actions would particularly be different. No. Like there'd still be some weird killer. Like you were saying, if you got a call that was like weird, you're like, whatever, fuck it, this is stupid. But then once it became like the, I'm going to kill you, then, you know, something would flare up in your mind. And it did in the movie. So it's mm-hmm. not like that changes. Yeah. Um, I also think that... I was going to say... Um, if this I, was a I, black I, movie written or partially written or directed by a white person, uh, the Peter character would unnecessarily be a jazz pianist because they'd just be like, oh, I mean, that's what... That's what Peter would do, and it's like you know, yeah. black people. Can they play definitely class. would. They would have changed black Peter a lot. He wouldn't have been piano. a musician. He would have been like they would have like leaned into like oh he's like an athlete or like a more brutish type of thing, which is like no, like he could 
there's art there's artsy fartsy douches too it doesn't always have to be jocks it can be like you know art yeah, art guys could be fucking flute. terrible too <laughs> he's a shit flute player like he's a really good flute player he's just a shit human yeah i'm sure there's so many like narcissistic like abusive oboe players out there but we don't see them in media. Like we dude. just assume, like oh, it has to be like the athlete, or like if he's a musician, it's just like a rock dude, musician. It's yeah. Like no, fucking, it's probably some, like know? double bassoon player who's a piece of shit. I'm sure. Dude, bassoon players, oboe players make their own reeds, and they have reed making knives, which are super sharp. They're insane and will kill you. Boom. So, there you go. Uh huh. Oboe. And they're all temperamental. They're all what? They're all temperamental. Exactly. I hope like the five to 10 oboe and bassoon friends i have hear this and sit in the corner and sigh because i'm right (laughs) (laughs) yeah um yeah but that's a a marker of a good one is when you can't i don't know how much would change um i'm actually surprised at the uh what was did they did they say or do anything that actually officially cleared claire's boyfriend like he had an alibi right um they didn't clear claire's boyfriend but he was involved in the search efforts so i think that's one difference um, and i don't know if that's a race thing or just a time thing i think just knowing i guess because to i mean obviously in 2020 our discussions about violence against women are a lot more nuanced than in 74. I think there would have definitely been more of a plot point of like, it's the boyfriend. Cause that is the sad truth that like, it probably, I think the first thoughts like, Oh, the boyfriend did it. And there, I think there'd be more like, um, attention paid to that. And also just, um, I don't, the, uh, the abortion line I think would be different too. I think that that made sense in like a 74 that you would have like, not to say there aren't men who exist today. Obviously there are who, you know, would be, could be driven to like extreme anger to the point where you might start suspecting that maybe they are the killer in this instance, but I think you'd have to change it. I think for 2020 and for like a black thing, I think it would would be different. I I don't know. I don't know how specifically, but I don't know if that would be the same thing necessarily. Yeah. Well, like you were saying, it, a mark of a good movie if it's just a movie and you don't have to qualify it a black or a white movie. Black Christmas is just, it could have just been called Christmas. <laughs> well, you know, because it's bad. Something bad happened, so it's black Christmas, not white Christmas. White Christmas has been Crosby. This movie has a killer. What are you going to do? <laughs> That's just how things go. You know. I just admit. <laughs> Could you imagine if they were trying to do, because, you know, there's like a push just for just representation, right, in all avenues. So what if there was like a gay horror Christmas movie and they called it Pink Christmas and you're like, come on now. Like you you can be more clever than calling it Pink Christmas. That's like something, you know, Ryan Murphy would make that. Don't give him ideas. I'm s- I did watch Legally Blonde 1 and 2 this past weekend for no particular reason. Because mm-hmm. I'd never seen... Well, we watched 1 and I'd never seen 2. Oh, okay. And it's it's funny. So you've seen both? I've only seen 1. Okay. Well, it's like little 
plot points which aren't huge but play enough like if it didn't happen the movie wouldn't have gone on the way it did mm-hmm. but has like a like gayness in it but like that's important you know the first one it's l woods proving that the pool boy is gay oh yeah right like that was that was a thing that had to happen and then in the second one she's trying to lobby a, like this bill in congress and she's talking to this Republican conservative guy from Alabama. And then so their dogs end up in a gay relationship. And then so the bill is for like banning animal cosmetics testing. Mm-hmm. And then so she gets him on board and it's like, it's like, I'm, I'm a conservative senator and I got a gay Rottweiler. And if I look in that sissy dog's eyes, you know, you can't do any cosmetic testing on it. And you're just like, what? the fuck is happening yeah early to mid 2000s like honestly up until like maybe the 2010s like representation of gay people in television and movies were just like what like (laughs) what (laughs) do do you know caleb i think it might be butchering halloran do you know heron yeah yeah uh, heron i don't know i said Halloran, but caleb uh, i saw something that he did and he was talking about uh, I think being in a frat or something or like, but male friendships and you're saying how important male friendship, uh, he was talking about men just being open, right? He was <laughs> saying how male friendships are really important. And I think he said if he wasn't in a frat, he wouldn't have gotten like the male friendships or insight of male friendships that he has. Mm-hmm. Cause you're saying, you know, what you see a lot is if you're a gay man, you have to be like the sassy sidekick to like some like power bitch. Mm-hmm. But it's like, but you can, it's like, or you like have to be like, you're clearly the gay guy in the group of guys. It's like, well, you can j- just be guys. And I thought that was a very interesting take. But mm. you talking about how uh, representation, uh, representation of uh, gay men specifically, but um, queer folk in media. Oh, there's just so much to think about all the time. Yeah. Yeah. It's almost as if like when you allow minority voices to be part of the writing and creating process and there aren't just the talent, it's almost as if like you get richer stories and not just, <laughs> you know, like stereotypes know. of people. I mean, if you ask Matt Damon, that's not the case. It only matters if they are in front of the camera. But it's like, no, behind the camera also. <laughs> <laughs> I'm calling you out, Matt Damon. Get on the pod. <laughs> how many people have I like? Have Matt I, Damon on. How many people have we called out on the pod? Like so many. We have so many beefs. Yeah, we haven't. We haven't called out Schmen Babiro in a while. He's a piece of shit. Still, uh, you know, I decided to lay off on him. Like he's just like clearly just so pathetic. It's like low hanging fruit. You know. You're right. Like I'm above picking on you because you're so fucking whack. <laughs> I'm not above it. It's it's sometimes you just need an easy target to feel better. You like you had a real hard day, and you're like, fuck it. I'm not I don't want to spend the mental energy making good quips about, you know, Madame Cooper. I wanna I wanna shit talk Ben Shapiro. Yeah, I just wanna interact I just wanna like fuck. encounter him when he's wearing that stupid cowboy hat and just smack it off his head. Just like real fast, like just like just, just like casually, like I walk past him, just like smack it off his head and keep walking. 
I want to knock his white milk out of his hand while he's eating dinner. A savory pasta dish. Mm -hmm. And like as if nothing happened and just let him deal with the the fallout. We're describing all this shit. We just want to be like a middle school bully to Ben Shapiro. I want to give him a fucking like turbo wedgie. (laughs) I just want to give him a swirly. I just want to get. I want. Like, I want, now, I want to, to taste you know, his tidy whities The way I want to jack him up his ass. He's gonna fucking eat it. Ooh, I love it. Even if he takes me, <laughs> even if he takes me to court, I want it on like documented court records. It's like, and what did he do to you next, Mister Shapiro? Well, uh, mm, he he grabbed me quite forcibly and he turned me vertically, um, one eighty degrees upside down. My head was below my ankles. And he shoved my head fresh into the toilet. He and I hope that several while, times during this deposition, like we get a shot of Andrew just sitting in court, and you're just like smiling, like nodding, like that was me to the jury. <laughs> like, yep, I did, I did that. Yeah. <laughs> or you get me acting like I did in that Panera Bread with that idiot, and I'm just losing my shit because it's just so funny to hear out loud. Or it's like, um, I'm, I also am in court for the fucking wedgie because I fucking, like, his his ass is never going to be the same again. That's all I'm saying after that wedgie. <laughs> and that happens. And then, like, it's me. Did you ever, have you ever seen my favorite, like, I I love, like, early to mid-2000s, like, pop culture, like, women, like female pop culture because some of the best moments are, like, of the era. And I've ever seen that one video and it's, like, Paris Hilton after one of her DUIs and she's leaving court and she's trying to pretend like she's, like, super innocent. But she's, like, she walks out too confidently at first and then she's, like, oh, I have to, like, be innocent. She, like, puts her hands, like, in front of her, like, a little girl and, like, looks down. <laughs> like, she's, like, like, <laughs> like, it'd be me. Like, I'd be walking out, like, fucking yeah. confident and be, like, oh, mm-hmm. <laughs> It's, like, ew. I'm, so, I'm just, I'm baby. I didn't do it. Oh, <laughs> uh, the things... The things we do. Uh, I love that on recording now, me just being like, oh, his ass will never never be the same again after I'm done with him. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, these aren't threats, Benny, but these are going to be nightmares. So keep that in. He might like it. I don't know. Maybe, you know, the the wedgie starts, he's scared. And then you get to that point, that threshold where it's like, hmm, not bad. I I I was terrified when I was... One foot off the ground, but when when Miss Smythe had me five feet above the ground, wedgie firmly planted in my small intestine, that's when I hit a form of euphoria. I'd not not since heard since I saw this little Mexican boy lose his ice cream, and I'd be like, <laughs> "Yeah, know, that's that male G spot, son." Hit that shit. Okay. Jesus. <laughs> So oh, thus God. ends Christmas. <laughs> Merry Christmas, Spooky Squad. Honestly, this... the way you envisioned it. <laughs> Tis the terror December ends, and we had a wonderful time talking about horror movies that were were during the holiday times. Oh, that rhyme times. <laughs> mm. See, I told you I can't rhyme. I she's can... doing like. Spirit fingers. Sonika's doing spirit fingers, mm. more or less. Yes. Um. Keep watching or keep listening, guys. We've got some cool stuff um lined up for you. Can we? I think I already told them like next month's theme, right? Yeah. Yeah. I'll, re- I'll reiterate. Yeah. New year, new me. 
we're talking about transformation movies. Ooh, spooky, spooky. Uh, we're still putting together our list, so reach out to us and let us know if there's any ones that you you love to to hear because we're always open to your suggestions. We do truly. That's see, you get the content of like a huge fucking podcast, but you get the attention of a small podcast. We will listen to you. Your voices will be heard. Absolutely. Um, yeah. You keep following us on social media. We die first pod on all platforms. You know where to find Andrew and I. Um, have a amazing end of the year. Um, know it's tough out there. Hang in there. It's almost over the year, not our hellish reality, but the new new <laughs> calendar. Look at that. Fun. Dude, new calendar. You like, you know, and quick tip, save some money. Don't buy a new calendar until maybe like March. Yeah, you ain't doing shit. Like, <laughs> don't worry about it. <laughs> Just any any meetings you have or, or appointments, put it in your cell phone. Don't fucking buy a new calendar. Go to calendar.com and use code Spooky Squad for 30% <laughs> off calendars that only last from March to December. That's all you need. Um but yeah, you guys stay safe, stay spooky, and have a wonderful new year. Happy New Year, Spooky Squad. Bye.